Father, come on, Holy Ghost. Father, Abba, we belong to you. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this room. Come and fill this place. Come and fill our minds. Come and fill our hearts. Fill us with purpose. Fill us with enthusiasm. Fill us with joy. Fill us with peace. Because regardless of what's going around, on around us, within us, the kingdom of God and of his Christ have come. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Give him the biggest hand clap shout you can find. Well now, whoo, I just feel a healing wave right now. I said, I feel a healing wave right now. We just rebuke every cold, every sore throat, every flu, every virus, every fever, all part of the curse. Galatians 3.13, Christ, the anointed one and his anointing have past tense redeemed us by being made a curse for us. For cursed is anyone that hangeth upon a tree. If you believe that there's healing power in the blood of Jesus Christ, spirit, soul, body, racially, economically, in every situation of life, and he is blessing you with every blessing that pertains to life and godliness. Give him one more clap, shout right now. All right. You may be seated here or there online. What would it be like if we had everybody watching remotely today to stand the whole service? That'd be strange, wouldn't it? How many of you that are here with me this morning, and again, I am overwhelmed at the number of people that are here just filling every open space. We are so thankful for you. But how many of you right now got dressed up more to come in here today than you did when you were watching at home? I don't know, maybe we should allow folks, maybe we should have a pajama day and everybody just come in their pajamas and everybody at home have to dress up. Some of you, some of you wives, your poor husband hadn't seen you with a good coat of paint for about four months. Go ahead and paint that thing up. <laughs> Amen. Woo, don't you love the Lord? Aren't you glad to be alive? Aren't you glad you don't have the Rona? Well, give God praise for it then. Yes. Thank him that your children are safe. Amen. Thank him that you're on your way to heaven. Now, what I'm doing right now is I'm just giving some folks a little bit of time to share Share right now, do it, do it, do it. Let me know you're doing it. I want you to burn those comments up today because if the Holy Spirit will help me, and I know he will, 
He'd been helping me for 46 years now to preach this glorious gospel and 43 years to pastor one of the greatest churches the world has ever seen. And I am so thankful that I've been allowed to hang out around here for 43 years. Some folks say, how long are you gonna do it? I'm gonna do it as long as he gives me strength in my body. I had my five year cancer checkup and my doctor said, I can't even tell you ever had cancer. I'm gonna shout if nobody else does. Well, blessed be the holy name of God forever. Oh, look at that. I didn't know they had that. There I am, look, he's going down in there. On down in there, he's down about my belly button now. He'll get to my kneecaps here directly. That's what it feels like anyway. There they are, where are they? Uh, he's getting my tongue. My tongue's always gotten in my way. Are y'all laughing? I can't see. Anyway, that's enough of that. There they are. Beautiful. Look at them back there. Just beautiful to preach the gospel. Hallelujah. God didn't give me my voice to be a critic. He didn't give me my voice to be a hater. He didn't give me my voice to be a separator. He didn't give me my voice to be unforgiving. He gave me my voice for the use of the kingdom of our God and of his Christ and to declare Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Well, I hope you've shared with somebody. I hope that you will retweet some of the things I'm going to say today. I am going to say some things here just in a moment. I want you to turn your Bibles with me or click it up on your phone, however you do it, or pull it up right there on your laptop. The book of Romans, chapter number five, the fifth chapter of the book of the epistle to the Romans. You know, they were the ones that the Jews were supposedly having an insurrection against led by the carpenter's son from Nazareth, Jesus, talking about the great Roman Empire. Yes, those, those that were not Jewish, that's for sure. And here is a book written specifically to them. Now I'm gonna get into some things that I have never ever ministered on in my life. <clears throat> And that's 46 years of ministry. That's about 3,000 Sunday mornings. Think of that. And I've never touched on what I'm going to touch on right here in the beginning of our message to you today, which is the second installment of Scars and Stripes Forever. Would you just say that? Scars and Stripes forever. Say it right there where you are. Type it in those comments right now. Let me know where you're watching from this morning because our congregation has grown worldwide. Do you know that we had 40 nations on live with us on Wednesday night? 40 nations. 
that we know of that, that commented and let us know. So let us know where you're watching from. Virtually every state in the United States of America, the greatest nation on this planet that has ever been used for the preaching of the gospel in the history of the gospel. Romans chapter five. Now I feel like in a week or two, I may be veering off into something that I think you will take great interest in. And that is beginning with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, dealing with what we are going to be like when we get our resurrected bodies. And then I may segue right into what heaven is really like. Now you are going to learn some things today that I believe 99 and 9 tenths percent of us have never considered. I bounced it off my family. I bounced it off some of the elders. None of them had ever given any thought to, a, to what I'm gonna share just a little bit of today. Are you ready for it? All right, scars and stripes forever, here we go. Romans chapter eight, beginning with verse number five. Pay very, very close attention. But God commendeth his love toward us. Now get ready to shout, in that while we were yet sinners, in due time, Christ died for us. And not for us only, not only so, but we also joy in God through Jesus Christ by whom we have received the atonement. Atonement is one of the seven great feasts in your Bible the Feast of Atonement. It takes place during the season of tabernacles. It's the time where we celebrate that we have become one with Jesus Christ. Now this is important. Your Bible says that you and I are heirs of God and joint heirs together with Jesus Christ. What a revelation, what a thought. What an impact that that should have on every single one of us, that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, now go to Luke chapter 24. I want you to look at it on your own phone, on your own uh, iPad or on your own personal computer, or you could be like me and use one of these. It's called a book. Fall in love with books. I'm going a little bit slow here because I don't want you to miss the importance of what I'm about to share with you. So just go like this. Just go, my heart is open. My mind is alert. My body is not distracting. I'm after the word of God. For his words are spirit and they are life. Luke chapter 24. Now, 
You will remember, before I read this, you will remember that our Lord Jesus, after he was resurrected from the dead, was walking along the Emmaus Road with some of his disciples. The road from Jerusalem to Emmaus upon which they were walking was seven miles. So they were walking on a seven mile journey. And your Bible says that he began expounding to them who he was and the kingdom of God beginning with the Old Testament Pentateuch Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, going through the major and the minor prophets and then through what his life story was. Now this is, without exception, the greatest preacher that ever preached. This is not someone anointed by God. This is God, Emmanuel, God in the flesh talking with those who have walked with him for three and one half years, eating where he ate, sleeping where he slept, going where he went, hearing his every word, watching his every move, watching him as he manifests a mastery over demons and depravity and disease, and at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, manifesting that mastery even over death itself. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? He is not here. He is risen as he said. Are you with me? Now he's walking in his resurrected body and they do not recognize him for that long journey until they sit down that night at dinner. And your Bible says something very, very remarkable. I may be preaching on it here in a few weeks if the Holy Spirit allows me. Your Bible said, then he, Jesus, was made known to them by the breaking of the bread. Suddenly, their eyes were opened after a seven mile walk with the greatest preacher preaching every step of the way the world had ever known and they could not see him. They did not know him until he broke that bread and in that moment, something supernatural happened and I believe with all my heart that something supernatural is about to happen to you. I like that great new country song. Can I get a witness? So now, the disciples, the 11 and others, were gathered together in a room behind a closed and locked door. And your Bible picks up the narrative. That very hour in verse 33, that very hour they got up, look at your neighbor and say, get up. Ha! I felt somebody getting up. 
I rebuke those crooked limbs. I rebuke that arthritis. I rebuke that lower back pain. I rebuke the swelling in your joints. I rebuke rheumatoid arthritis. Get up in the name of Jesus. Here we go now. They got up and they returned to the harv. I mean, Jerusalem. Yeah, Jerusalem. They found the 11 and those gathered with them all together. Verse 36. As they were saying these things, watch this now, he himself stood in their midst. Now, wait a minute. How'd he get there? There was no knock at the door. There was no That's what you do if you live in New York City. There was no unlocking of the locks. There was no turn of the handle. There was no creaking of the door. He simply one moment was not there and then walked through the wall and stood in the midst of them. You and I are gonna have a body that walls can't hold, locks can't keep out, doors can't shut out. Hold on now, cause this is gonna get wild I liked what I started calling Elder Cameron said this morning. Hallelujah. He said to them, peace to you. Well, I guess he'd have to say that because they all just about to pass out. While you sit there acting so normal that it wouldn't be startling to you for someone to walk through your walls. Peace to you. But they were startled. In fact, they were terrified. They thought, watch this, they were seeing a ghost. And that's the idea we've had about our resurrected bodies that we were some kind of wispy Casper the friendly ghost floating around on the ethereal air. Not so. Watch this. Jesus said in 38, why are you troubled? And why do you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? Pay very close attention to verse 39. Look, said Jesus, at my hands and my feet and see that it is I myself. Touch me and see because a ghost does not have, watch, flesh and bones as you see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, but while they were still 
I mean, I guess they're a little bit paralyzed, wouldn't you say? Verse 41, and while they were still amazed, <coughs> excuse me, and in disbelief because of their joy. In other words, it was too good to be true. I dare you to look at somebody and say, it's about to get too good to be true. Watch, watch, watch what happens next. And he said to them, y'all got anything to eat? I'm about to get hangry. You got a snicker bar or something around here? Wait a minute. He just walked through the wall. They didn't recognize him. They thought he was a ghost. And now he wants to have dinner. They don't know who he is. So he said, well, we ain't got much, got a little broiled fish. They gave it to him. He took it, and I love this. I love the way this verse ends. And he ate it in their presence. He was kind of showing off. He's like, what do you think of this? He did, he did that piece of broiled fish off the bones like I can do chicken wings. Just, they just kind of go through my mouth. Just, Stay with me now. The great Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, Jesus Christ finds such beauty in his wounds that he will not renounce them. He will wear the attire in which he wooed our souls. And he will wear the royal purple of his atonement throughout eternity. So let me ask you this question. Jesus was given an earth suit. He came in by the door, did he not? For anyone that cometh in any other way is a thief and a robber, but he that comes through the door. That door, of course, being the womb of a woman. So, in his nativity, he came into this human world of three dimensions through the bloody flanks of a 14-year-old virgin girl. In an earth body because he was inhabiting the earth. Now then, he has been crucified, his body given for the supreme sacrifice of your sins and mine and those of the whole world. Now then, he is three days, think of his body. His body was beaten, his head swollen to the size of a bucket, his eyes swollen, hemorrhaging from every opening in his body, bludgeoned, his, 
beard yanked from his face, a crown of thorns thrust into his hemorrhaging brow. He has a spear thrust into that body. Your Bible said forthwith came blood and water, some to the forward, some to the hinder part. And that blood ran down through the Kidron Valley and splashed against the sun-baked walls of Sinai and the law and silenced the penalty of the law forever. His body, the sacrifice, he in his own body on the tree bore wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace laid upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. Now wait, the lacerations from the flagra with its bits of bones and the end of leather straps has torn his flesh and it hangs round his legs like ribbons. The last time they saw him, his own mother couldn't even recognize him. And now, someone comes walking through the wall. No bruises, no bleeding, no detached flesh, only four scars. He kept those scars in that eternal and glorified body that walked along the Emmaus Road and passed through the walls into their midst and sat down and ate fish with them. When you're my age, go ahead and finish my quote. Questions haunt you. He has no swollen brow. He has no bruised cheek. His beard is back in place. His back is not bent over with bleeding wounds. He stands erect. but he still has those scars. Why? He's the king of glory. His bruises are gone. The cuts on his back are gone. Just four scars. Now he had an earth body for earth, but he's on his way to yonder's world. Why? He could have eradicated those ugly scars like you try to hide yours? 
your brokenness, your woundedness, your fears, your secrets must be covered, locked away and hidden. Lest somebody find out and burn you up on their social media who know nothing about you. I wish some folks would take a chill pill and realize the whole wide world couldn't care less about your opinion. So stop blabbing it to the five people that follow you. Unless, of course, you want to go on there and let all your scars be revealed. Every mistake you've ever made, publish to the world. Why did he keep those scars? He's got a glorified body. I always wondered about that. Because, you know, Christians don't have a lot of vices. And uh, we're probably the biggest supporters of Jenny Craig and diet plans. Because it's like our only vice, that and gossip. I always wondered if I'd get to eat in heaven. I was a little confused because there are 12 manner of trees beside the river of life and they bear 12 manner of fruit. And the fruit of the trees is for the healing of the nations. I thought, well, at least we'll have some fruit. I'm thinking more about business and gravy, but. <laughs> You're gonna have a body I loved what, what Cameron said. You can't make this stuff up. Cecil B. DeMille or who's the guy that made E.T.? Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Couldn't dream that book up. Here's a guy with a resurrected body, everything from his brutal beating, and plus he's been dead for three days. And yet he looks so magnificent that those who knew him best didn't even recognize him. How would you like for God to so transform you that nobody around you, watch this, believed you'd ever had to walk through anything? To the point that you had to say, I prove it to you. How about these cars? Wow. You're gonna have that kind of body. Woo! I can already feel a little bit of mine. I'm getting hungry myself. Why? Sometimes you have to ask why. 
There are very few words in your Bible concerning what happened from the resurrection to the return of Christ to the right hand of his father. A few mm, hidden paragraphs, but oh, the questions they generate. We found out we'll be able to shake hands with each other in heaven. Most Christians feel like it's, it's gonna be like the invisible man. You just see stuff moving around. We will know and be known. Your family will know you. You will know your family. There will be no corona, no social distancing, no mass. The question is, will the circle be unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by. There's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. Beautiful for situations. The joy of the whole earth. Mount Zion in the sides of the north. The city of the great king. Woo! I intend to go there. I intend to be there. As the endless ages of eternity roll like a clock whose arms have broken off their hinge. This world is not all there is. Goodbye, Corona. Goodbye, cancer. Goodbye, arthritis. Goodbye, leukemia. Goodbye, suffering children. Goodbye, hatred. Goodbye, tears. Goodbye, goodbye. I'm about to run. Andy is there right now eating business and gravy with my daddy that my mama went in and whipped up. I'm not floating around like some feather in the wind. Hallelujah. Watch this. Look at your hands. Someday they'll fold them over your chest like they did his. But someday, if you're in the grave, now I may confuse the angels, I hope not, because I'm not sure where they're going to plant me. All my family's on a little hill outside of Warfield, Kentucky, in Martin County. All my family's there. 
I've already got a big old stone there. I don't know if they'll put these bones there somewhere else. I might have two or three gravestones. But on that great getting up morning, by and by, Lord, by and by, when I'm headed to a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. I watched a movie the other day where they were burying those wonderful sailors and Marines and soldiers who shed their blood to save this nation. Taking their bodies, letting them slip into the depths of the sea. Sister Jolly, I don't know how much longer we've got, but I've stopped wishing for a whole lot more time because the closer I get to the by and by, the more I want to wave bye-bye. I'm not going to something worse I'm on my way to what our minds could never conceive. And all you can think about is the eight minute cycle of the damnable cable news network you can't get away from. No wonder you're depressed. No wonder you're angry. No wonder you're hate-filled. No wonder you rage against everything. Shut that thing off, man, and start seeing the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If you don't recognize it, this is preaching. I'm going to answer three questions, if you'll bear with me. Are you still there? Ask them if they're still there. If I were you, I'd be sharing this with everybody, and I'd just type in there, just watch him burn. I'm on fire for God. I'm not depressed. I'm not sad. I intend to be a part of a third great awakening that shakes this hell-bound planet like a rat terrier shakes a mouse. Shake on, Holy Ghost. Let them be shaken. Let them tremble. Let them fear. Let them lose their way. Let them be in gross darkness. My Bible promises those that sat in great darkness have seen a great light. Does anybody else feel this?
Why? Why did he keep those scars? Let me give you three ideas, three suggestions about why he would have ever done such a thing. He's defeated hell. He's dethroned every principality and power and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in that cross. He has shed the blood of the atonement. He has made a way. A river has been crossed. An ocean has been sailed. Everything has changed forever. He's risen, as he said. For 40 days, he showed them that body. Number one, I believe he kept those scars so that he could confirm not only to the world at large, but to his closest friends that it really was him. He wanted there to be no mistake. He wanted them to know it was this back that bore the legionnaire's lash. It was this brow that wore the crown of thorns. It was these shoulders that that purple robe was wrapped around. It's me. How sad it would have been had he none, had no way to prove to them. So he made those scars the seal of his suffering. Number two, I believe that he wanted to keep them to wield as his greatest weapon when he stood at the right hand of power as he is today, making intercession for you and for me. I've always imagined Jesus praying I know how he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane until his blood, his sweat, his perspiration became great drops of blood and splashed on the rugged rocks of that garden. I know his words when he prayed and taught us to pray after this manner, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
don't give us any more or we'll bow our knee to greed. Give us this day our daily bread. Are you unaware that God always intended you to live by faith? Oh, that went over big. Forgive us of our sins as and because we forgive those who have sinned against us. He didn't add anything to it. There was no unless, there was no yeah, but, there was no don't you know. There was only forgive me because I forgive those who have sinned against me. But as I rethought this, I thought, you know what? Maybe he'll say my name, but I'm wondering if all he does is say, uh, Preacher Parsley, and walk up to the throne and say, What else need he say to cause his father to remember his suffering? My sin and yours laid upon him, the awful nails parting sinew and flesh and nailing him to that angry beam when he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. But he died alone for you because of you and me. Parsley needs forgiveness, Father. Parsley has been attacked with cancer in his vocal cords, Father. Parsley's son has been diagnosed with an incurable, insufferable neurological disorder for which there is no treatment. There is no cure. What shall the father say? No. No, no, your blood is not enough. You didn't suffer enough. The price wasn't paid in full. 
That's where he is right now. Showing his father those scars that he would not erase for you. And for you. And for you. Number three, I believe he would not reject those scars because he had something to prove on judgment day. Because of that cross, he and he alone, oh dear Lord, what is this going to do to folks? To discover, give me a camera real close. You have no right to judge anyone, especially according to their flesh. People are casting judgment on each other right now because of the way they walk or because of the way they look or because of what political party they think somebody belongs to. Shame on us. Shame on every one of us. We're God's people. We are the servants of no man. Boy, it's quiet in here. I wondered what folks would do to the preaching of the gospel. There is one who is coming to judge. And until you've got his scars in your hand, until you have suffered unto blood, until they have strapped you to a flagging post, how about you look at his scars to forgive everybody else in his name? I don't know, Pastor Manny and Pastor Nate, Miss Hannah, Miss Carly, if I've run everybody at Elkhart off or not. I hope they're still there. I don't know how many preachers have contacted me in the last month. Pastor, what should I preach? What? How about the gospel? How about the cross, the great equalizer? I've got a message for the God haters. and the church haters. And the other believer haters. There'll come a time when according to Matthew 27, 35, you will join that great chorus who cried out before Pilate, 
His blood be on us and our children. At the second coming, when he does not just appear in the clouds to rapture his church, but when he comes to put his foot down on the Mount of Olives and watch it cleave asunder and bitter water be made sweet, when he sits on the great white throne judgment seat, uh, there is no sidecar. It won't be his judgments and yours. His judgment seat is white. Now that's not white like a lot of you have on white garments today. No, no, no. It's like gold. It's so pure. It has no color. That's what he sits on. And he sits there alone. And those scars in that moment will be the terror of every hater, every rejecter of God, every hater of God's people, and every rejecter of those scars. John 19, 37 said, they will look upon the one they Pierce, and they will weep and they will wail and they will mourn and scream for their sins but it will be too late Zechariah 13 6 assures every one of us of, of this if someone asks him what are these scars in your body, he will say, I was struck in the house of my close friends. Sounds like church folk to me. Those who claimed they knew me best and exhibited my character the least. Those with unsufferable fleshly appetites. Those who constantly and consistently demand their rights and forsake their responsibilities. Those who judge every man according to the flesh. Those who pay more attention to their exercise cycle than their spiritual life. You see, it won't be those outside the invisible walls of the church that are a problem. 
It's not the atheist. It's not the agnostic. Satan and his diabolical demons couldn't care less about them. He's already got them. But what about us? By this, they shall know that you are my children, that you exhibit unconditional love for everyone. I don't, I, I appreciate it, but I, I truly don't need it. It's not the agnostic, it's not the atheist. It's the so-called believer who despite his outward demeanor and Sunday morning attire is a verifiable stranger to the resurrected Christ they claim they serve. If you don't believe it, speak about sacrifice. Speak about submission to millennials who have been trained by a bankrupt educational system to question all authority and in fact to deny all authority. Authority, bad. Freedom, good. How's that playing out? We want all authority while we submit to none. Let the preacher say one word I don't like. And I'll not only leave McDonald's and go to Wendy's, I will become the judge advocate general. How about this tweet? I bless everyone who has cursed me. Wait, 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 no, 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 you're not, no. Like, we're not gonna popcorn clap. See? I refuse to judge those who have judged me. I forgive those who have despitefully used me and said all manner of evil against me falsely. I bless you. I rejoice in your success, not praying to God you fail. Lord of glory still has those scars, those stripes, stripes that prove that on his rugged rail he paid the awful price 
salvation, hope, joy, peace, forgiveness, mercy, love, grace. And those scars that even today are still reminding his father that he paid the price in full for every answer to every prayer you will ever pray to your need being met, to your joy being restored, to your family coming to Christ and for a national revival and a worldwide awakening. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. He sin had left a crimson stain. He's washed white as All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence. Daily live conscious that he is the constant visitor at every table. He is riding shotgun in every automobile. He sees into the darkened cracks and crevices. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I Surrender all. If that's you, you're here in this room. If you want to recommit today, I see those scars. I receive forgiveness. I confess my deep need of you. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whole. Raise both hands, the international sign of surrender. Here I am, Lord. I feel your precious, convicting power. Thank you. Thank you for refusing to erase your scars. Thank you for refusing to leave me as I am. Change me, oh God. Make me by the Holy Spirit into the image of Christ. Look beyond my faults. See my needs. You alone are my savior and my salvation. 
You alone will I serve with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. By your spirit, I will strive to fulfill the great command and love my neighbor as I love myself and to love you, Lord, with my whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Get us ready, Lord, for that great getting up morning. Get us ready to wave goodbye to this cursed world and help us to spend our time here bringing as many into your kingdom as we possibly can. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't go anywhere. Let me know if you prayed that prayer online or here. If you prayed that prayer in a minute, I've got a little booklet for you on the way out the door. Everybody that wants one, just take it. Might do everybody good to go back and do your first works over again. Some of us get too far away from our first works. Well, we think we don't need to repent anymore. Here's when we get to stop repenting, when we stop sinning. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Y'all can be seated here. Please stay with me online just, just for about 90 seconds. Somebody laughed when I said 90 seconds. I don't know what time it is, don't care. I've been heavily and mightily under the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. And what has happened in you is far greater than what's happened to you. You've been changed today. Whether you realize it or not, I prayed that not a single person under the sound of my voice today would, would go away unchanged. Amen. Well, second week in a row we've got to be together. After 17 weeks of not being able to be together, thank you for being here. It's so encouraging. Thank you for being right there. So encouraging. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached for a witness to every nation, and then the end will come. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day 
and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.